0: Okay, today is October 8th, and we are reading from the big book of AA, pages 76, probably there are, up to and including page 78 in nine cases. Today, our reader is Annabelle, and it will be, the reading will be followed by a 20-minute share by Alan J. After reading, I'm sorry. So please read, Annabelle. Thanks, Karen, for your service. My name is Annabelle, I'm a Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Probably there are still some misgivings. As we look over the list of business acquaintances and friends we have heard. we may feel diffident about going to some of them on a spiritual basis. Let us be reassured. To some people, we need not, and probably should not, emphasize the spiritual feature on our first approach. We might prejudice them. At the moment, we are trying to put our lives in order, but this is not an end in itself. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. It is seldom wise to approach an individual who still smarts from our injustice to him and announce that we have gone righteous. In the prize ring, this would be called leading with the chin. Why lay ourselves open to being branded fanatics or religious bores? We may kill a future <laughs> opportunity to carry a beneficial message, but our man is sure to be impressed with a sincere desire to set right the wrong. He is going to be more interested in a demonstration of goodwill than in our talk of spiritual discoveries. We don't use this as an excuse for shying away from the subject of God. When it will serve any good purpose, we are willing to announce our convictions with tact and common sense. The question of how to approach the man we hated will arise. It may be he has done us more harm than we have done him, and though we may have acquired a better attitude toward him, we are still not too keen about admitting our faults. Nevertheless, with a person we dislike, we take the bit in our teeth. It is harder to go to an enemy than to a friend, but we find it much more beneficial to us. We go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our our former ill feeling and expressing our regret. Under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. Simply, we tell him that we will never get over our drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. We are there to sweep off our side of the street, realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so. Never trying to tell him what he should do. His faults are not discussed. We stick to our own. If our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result. In nine cases out of 10, the unexpected happens. Sometimes the man we are calling upon admits his own faults. So feuds feuds of years standing melt away in an hour. Rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. Our former enemies sometimes praise what we are doing and wish us well. Occasionally they will offer assistance. It should not matter, however, if someone does throw us out of his office. We have made our demonstration, done our part, it's water over the dam. Pass. Thanks, Annabelle. Next, we will have our speaker who will share on the pages that were just read. He'll have a 20-minute time, but, you know, we're very flexible on that, Alan. So please, I'd like to introduce Alan Jay. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Karen, and thanks for the service. Hi, everybody. My name is Alan. I'm a compulsive overeater. As you can probably hear, I'm not from the US. So just um, quickly, some brief numbers. I've been in the rooms for 16 years, and and somehow I don't know how that happened because in some ways it feels longer, and other days it feels hardly any time at all because there's always new discoveries. Uh, Today, Thanks to the grace of my higher power, I've been gifted a weight release. I'm gonna do it in, in all three. I've managed to convert it, this is a US meeting. So here in the UK, we use stones. So just put your pounds into groups of 14. So that would be 12 stone. In pounds, that's 168. And in kilos, if you work in kilos, that's 76. So it's pretty much a whole person. And I thought that would bring me happiness and that would be all I needed in life and everything would be great. And it isn't. My head still doesn't understand how that happened. And it still doesn't believe that it has happened. So there's a lot in in recovery and the steps. There is just so many gifts as we read the ten step promises earlier that they're far 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 more important and mean so much to me today to have that freedom and that I don't need to do that. So although I've been in for sixteen years, relapse is a huge part of my story. As I've come to the more meetings I get to, the more I realise that that is is a lot more common than I thought it would be. I spent many years hiding that fact. And trying to just pretend everything is okay when when it really wasn't, I was struggling. I was one of those people in the rooms and I've never left, despite all the relapses, I've never left the rooms. The longest I've been out of meetings is up to, I think it was about three weeks. And let me tell you, I was straight back in the food within within less time than that. But I realized that with relapse, the food is always the last to go. And it's the thinking and all the, the premeditated stuff that goes away before that is where it happened. And it's quite funny. Uh, the reading we did today how some of these reminders have come through to me. So I'm definitely a compulsive eater. I fully qualify for this fellowship. This is my only fellowship and this is my first one. I realised that this food has always been an issue in my life from, from a young child. I could go on for days about memories about food. But let's just say having that weight loss and still technically having a little way to go before my doctor would fully clear me off to be normal, whatever that means... It- <laughs> I know how to eat. That's just I know how to eat. If there's a competition, it was a gold medal at the Olympics, I'd need to be on the top three podium because I know what I'm doing. It was always volume for me, particularly, and it took me a long time in programme to really break down not just foods, specifics, but behaviours, because they are far more cunning than I realised. You know, on the surface, the food is in order, everything's great, the weight is, is good, but there's behaviours that can creep in and i realized that they probably did over over the period of time at different times i'm trying to summarize just briefly recovery but each relapse was caused by something different and helped me learn something different and it's just taken my recovery to a whole new level i disliked the big book for 12 years in program and it's funny how it took me a relapse finding a big book sponsor that i tried to avoid vehemently tried to avoid big book sponsors because they just seemed too scary and too in your face and i finally found one i was like okay what, what, what have I got to lose at this point? 12 years in recovery have gone. I'm back in the food worse than I was before in a matter of time, but still trying to convince myself, well, you're not quite back at your top weight, so you can't be that bad. It is bad. I realize that the weight, I can manipulate my weight. It doesn't mean anything. Real, real recovery is between my ears. And that's the piece. So I think that's a brief whistle stop sort of, of recovery. And how I got here. So I came in age 19, so sure you can do mass. So I know in my mid 30s, I'm 36. So I'm very lucky that I came in so young. I don't know how I would have spent another few decades out in the food. And I didn't want God. I didn't want these steps. It didn't make sense. And to a point, some of it still doesn't. I still don't know what my higher power is. There's different elements that I like. Like for me, it's now Sunday afternoon. I went somewhere this morning with another group of people outside of recovery that I find helpful to my recovery. I don't necessarily understand or believe all of it, but I find parts of it helpful. So I've adopted what I want and I've left the rest. And that's what I've done with a lot of things. I've kind of merged this higher power that makes sense to me. It doesn't have to make sense to any of the other 150 people here because it's mine and it makes sense and it works. And I've stopped trying to overanalyze what it should be. So I realized here we're talking about in the reading kind of step eight step nine and it's hard to talk about a step on its own because it assumes that i've done the rest effectively and i admit i probably didn't first time around i was still dabbling with the food even though i was trying to work the steps i tried to work the steps to get abstinence it doesn't work i needed to put it down before but it took me a few more attempts through the steps to really get that i'm a really slow learner it takes me a long time to learn quite a simple lesson and it's funny how i never realized how the steps move quite seamlessly between each other, whereas I always treated them as like just assignments that were set by my teacher. Tick, I've done that. Tick, I've done that. Didn't really connect the dots and put them together. And it's funny how when you do, they build this wonderful foundation for life. And it's funny how really there's nothing that I haven't overcome with the use of the steps. You know, I've now been recovered by my current definition. That's as in a change of food pan, a new um, depth kind of connection with my higher power and really throwing myself in 10, 11, and 12. for it was two, just over two years. So yeah, the maths doesn't add up there, but that is my story. That is, is where I am. So if we get on to the reading, which is what I'm here for, a few notes. And I, re- I really like that there's kind of, not a get out clause, but I realised that it's not necessarily easy and I didn't have my step four list and converted it to my step eight list of who you think, oh yeah, I can't wait to go to all these people, I'm so excited to do that. No, and I love where it says there, probably there are some misgivings. I didn't want to, I was going to swear, but I won't. Um, as we look over the list of business acquaintances and friends we've held, we may feel diffident about going to some of them, yeah. Hell yeah, I didn't want to go to any of them, really. But some were worse than others. And my current sponsor encouraged me to, to do, I did all the steps again and to put them in, into the four columns. And so now later, maybe you never. And it's quite funny how if you put them on. Some just seem easy, that makes sense. But I realized what the, the issue was is because I hadn't really dealt with some of the underlying resentments towards some of these people. So if I'm still having, if I look at somebody's name and I get that kind of weird feeling in my chest, that pang of kind of maybe annoyance or just discomfort around them. For me, that was a sign that maybe there's more work I need to do on these people. I need to really let them go. I need to stop holding them hostage and holding myself hostage to that resentment or whatever the issue is. I'm still holding on to that somewhere and I haven't yet found the key to unlock it. Because for me, my experience, once I did, gone. Like there's, uh, so alcoholism runs in my family. My grandfather basically drunk himself to death on my dad's side. So there's a lot of broken relationships that side. And I haven't really, my nanny is still alive, but we don't really have much relationship. And I held a lot of resentment towards her. And it's funny how it took me all these years in programme, 12 years in, doing the steps again with this big book sponsor that I thought was really scary. But wow, suddenly everything came to light. I, that resentment had gone. I really saw my part. And I was a kid when all of this happened. And it's kind of, I don't know how to describe how this process works, but I was able to compartmentalise her, the actions. And my part was just holding on to a belief that she could be something that she couldn't. You know, I see now, and I would never have said this before when I had the resentment, she did the best she could with the resources she had. There's a lot of stuff that I I don't really want to share on a a recorded format that went on in her life. She did the best she could to protect us. Yes, we didn't have much relationship, but it was just a safety. She was just trying to look after us. She knew that me and my sister were safe with my dad and my mum. Unfortunately, again, my dad's another one. You know, he didn't carry on that multi-generation Generation of alcoholism. He could have easily fallen into that trap with the stuff he went through, but he didn't. And it's funny how looking at these, doing these steps, it's just become so clear. Like, wow, I'm basically just wanting them to be people they cannot be because they don't have that skill set. We're extremely lucky that we have this skill set and we get this freedom. We get to work through these things. And I mean, I'm not fully free of all of it. I'm still human and life still gets me. Thank goodness for 10, 11, and 12. Anyway, this is eight and nine. And I love with the, the reading, it was highlighted, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to the God and people about us. And I realised in big book circles, which I now love, big book meetings, that, that quote and that phrase is, is said quite often. And I mistakenly thought when I was new that step Line process was just going, I'm, saying, I'm really sorry that I did you know a certain big behaviour. I stole from you, I did this, I called you this, or whatever. But a lot of my behaviours were, were kind of sly, behind the scenes, you know, bitching about people, gossiping, spreading rumors, just manipulating people. But it was always done in a more calm, kind of indirect approach. Like, I really wanted to go to a certain place. If like, if we all get to go to this restaurant, I can eat my, my binge foods and, and go hell for leather because it's all you can eat for whatever price. So I would try and manipulate the conversation in a nice way. I wouldn't force me to say, right, we have to go here. Wouldn't it be nice to go here? They've got this and this, you know what I mean? Just trying to manipulate people. So it was never really obvious. And I think I needed to be clear with as part of the step eight process of what I was doing and why. And I realized a lot of the time I don't need to go into specifics. People remember things very differently. There was one I did um, more recently, a school friend somehow got in touch online and, and her response was, oh, I don't remember that at all. Like you were a great friend. It was really good to, to kind of be in your group at school. Whereas I remember it differently of trying to control and ma- manipulate her and do all these things. But I didn't necessarily say that. So I think I really have to be careful going to and it says in a, in a loving spirit and it, and it says at the bottom of that reading he's going to be more interested in a demonstration of goodwill than our talk of spiritual discoveries so it talks about being careful about the subject of God and I that's something I've only got more comfortable with recently I'm more than happy now to discuss my membership in the fellowship if it comes up and there have been opportunities that it has come up but for many years I didn't and I don't know whether that was me and my lack of think i don't know real recovery i don't know if i've ever had real recovery because this is like blown it out of the water compared to what i had before so or what's changed but i just feel ready to be able to do that and there are some people that have asked me you know because they've known me for a while they've seen the changes in me physically and my personality and how i'm i'm not quite the person i was before i don't really see the changes but you know when people go oh it's really nice to speak to you you're like so positive and you've got this calming kind of quality i don't feel that you know, inside before the thing, my heart was pounding because I'm not used to sharing to this many people, and this doesn't come naturally to me, which is exactly why I did it. There was a um, a manager of mine that I used to work with a couple of years ago. She's had bypass surgery, and I know that's kind of an outside issue, but it felt right in that moment in that conversation. I've known her for over ten years, and I've never mentioned her my involvement in this program, but she was talking about how she was struggling, kind of post surgery and adapting to what she can and can't do, and it just felt right to mention yeah, I did similar things, I used to do this with food, that with food, and I found this 12 step fellowship, so she kept asking questions, I sent her some information, I planted the seed, I'm not in control of what happens in that garden, but I planted the seed, if she finds recovery, if she needs it, great, I don't know, but it just felt right in that moment to talk about it, and there are some people that ask me about, kind of, because I'm quite open with where I go, that other Sunday fellowship I talked about, trying to talk within the traditions, I'm happy to mention that, but I Don't become a zealot. I don't say this, this, this and try and convert people. I'm happy to talk about it if somebody asks, but I'm not going to push it. You can usually tell when people begin to shut down. So, and I love as well in the reading, it says we're here to sweep off outside of the street. Like, as I mentioned earlier, those two examples with my nan and my father, I cannot change. I can't do their part. I can't fix them as much as part of me would love to. You know, I still have ideals of what, how the, the family would be and our relationship. And I'd love to have a deeper connection with my father, but I realised that that just isn't him. And I have to stop taking his inventory. And it's funny when I stop trying to control that and having those expectations, when I could really see them, they just begin to lessen and I can accept him for who he is. And, and dealing now with that relationship, how it changes with his age and the possibility of, I don't know, who knows, but... There's some possible health things that I'm a bit concerned about and sending some prayers for to him to see what can happen. But, you know, again, I'm open to be useful in whatever way that will be. And it's interesting how I don't just go to him asking for help or money anymore. I'm there and I actually just want to be in his company. That's a gift of recovery. I realised financial amends was a huge one, but I know this isn't part of, of the reading, but that is something I was extremely selfish in, which was quite hard to see. So... I'm just checking my notes. There's got quite a few, but I haven't quite got time to share everything. I haven't ever had the experience as the reading ends that every, anyone's thrown me out of my office. But with some of the amends, people haven't quite welcomed me as I'd hoped. But again, looking at my expectations of what I wanted from that friendship, oh, well, if I do this, then they're going to be like this. It's not about manipulation anymore. I have to sometimes let friendships go. And that's really hard because I find it hard. I don't know if, if anyone else does. To kind of make friends because it, I don't, I don't know why, there's obviously stuff that I need to look at, but you know, I had some school friends and some of them I'm still friends with from school. And there's some recently I've had to let go, and that was really hard because there's a, there's a song, I can't remember who it's by, but you can't make old friends. And it's true. And again, that's my expectation, you know, assuming that this would happen. And I want to know everything that's going to happen in life. And that just isn't the case. God gives me the privilege to know what I need to do today, and that's about all my little brain can cope with. I can just about cope with 24 hours at a time. But I realise that this and I isn't concluding step nine, but this is kind of step nine is the concluding of that kind of spiritual change and the resentments Letting go of that bondage that's, that's kept me held hostage for so many years. The examples I've given you, there's many, many others, how the relationships have, have just changed. And there's many more new ones that come up that I have to deal with. But now I've got this skill set of seeing things differently. The element of truth, you know, there's, there's two sides to every story. There's mine and the truth. Yeah, I never could see the truth before, but it's interesting in how if I just pause long enough, just to to invite God into that situation to see where the learning is and how I can grow, that those friendships get to change. And it's just amazing how there can be so many wonderful people in recovery that we can share these things with. And I get the privilege of sponsoring people and it's just such a gift. If you've never done it, I highly recommend it. Again, that was another thing I put off for many years in recovery, thinking I wasn't good enough. I had to be the perfect sponsor. I don't know the big book well enough. I don't know this. I haven't got the time. That's one thing that really saved me is service. You know, a couple of years ago during the height of the pandemic, my mum had to go through cancer treatment. So, OK, I suddenly had to shield as well and isolate from her, which was great because I was able to help her and be of service. I was able to pick up more sponsees, you know, balancing the time, being there for her. But yet saying, is it OK that I dedicate this time to calls and stuff? And that's absolutely fine. I was able to do that, to live with her for a bit, to sort that out. And this saved me there was never once during that time even when she told me that day that yes it was cancer that i ever felt i need to eat it isn't it's okay how can i be helpful that was okay and my first thought I'll be totally honest was for goodness sake i'm going to miss my meeting now because it was my meeting and i couldn't go to my meeting i couldn't go up to my meeting up here in my office and leave her downstairs in tears that was my first thought. But then my next thought was, okay, how can I be helpful? She needs me, so I'm gonna to have to miss my meeting. So I did. I carried on cooking the dinner and we sat together and it was fine. That's the gift of recovery, that that did not once cross my mind. I need to eat on this. And there was never any negativity. Oh my goodness, doom and gloom, and what could happen? I just let go of the process. Okay, what can I deal with today? This is what I can do today. This is what I can do tomorrow. And that's it. A day at the time got us through that situation. She's now fine, all is good, in remission, and I get to be in recovery too. You know, this is simple but not easy. This is hard. It's taken me a long, long time to get this, a long time. I don't encourage relapse, but it's certainly helped my recovery and got me to where I am today. So do I wish it could be different sometimes, but I definitely wouldn't want to be without the, the steps, this fantastic big book and these wonderful people, you wonderful people in recovery. Pandemic has certainly changed how I do service how I attend meetings and all the podcasts like this one. Thank you so much. I get to listen to this while I'm driving my little work van around London. Every day I get to participate in, in recovery. So it's just a gift. And thank you for letting me do this to push through my, my fear and my comfort zone and to be part of the meeting. So I will end it there and hand it back. So Thank you all.